You're listening to CFRC 1019 FM here in Kingston, and welcome to Screening in Kingston. Hello, everybody. Hello. You know, th- we'll talk about this off air, but it doesn't matter. You have to talk first when I'm Sometimes. yeah. Well, when I'm when I'm turning up the volume, I just realized I'm in an awkward a little behind the scenes for our listeners. I'm in such an awkward position that I'm over here, and it's hard to to <laughs> speak here. first. Uh, you just always open, so I just always follow your lead. I know. But now we know. know. We'll mix now it we up. Now we know. We will. Next time we'll do better, listeners. Yes. Welcome to screening in Kingston. Um, Mike Shepard back here again. Taylor's here too. Of course. Um, busy, so busy week. We have a bi- yeah. This episode is packed. Chalk full. We have so many fan questions. We were just saying off air that our fans seem to know when things are busy and send us extra questions um, that we want to answer. And next week we know we're going to have a lighter episode, and we're worried no one's going <laughs> to write in. So please write <laughs> please, in your please, questions. Please, please. Um, we have a lot of questions to go through. We have three movies we're going to review today. Yes. I saw Captain Marvel and I saw Stan and Ollie. Um, Taylor saw Arctic. Arctic. Not the Arctic. But Just Arctic. 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 Um, so we're going to review all three of those today. We've got tons of fan questions that we're going to kind of get to first. We might not get to headlines today, even though it's my we'll favorite segment of the show. We don't know if we can do it. I'll try to talk fast. We'll see. Um, okay, starting things off uh, with a question from Tyler. Now, as a, as a precursor, so everyone knows, uh, Tyler wrote a longer email explaining a bunch of his, his thoughts on the topic I'm about to address. But he also will say in the parts that I read here that it's okay to cut it down to um, one section because he realizes it was long. Um, so Tyler says... Let me start by saying that I don't expect you to put this on the air. It's far too long. But I want to engage with the show, which I'm really enjoying. So first of all, we wanted to include him on the air in some capacity. So we're reading parts of it. And thank you for enjoying our show. With the black cloud of thesis writing finally disappearing into the West, I have been able to catch up with your episodes. I have enjoyed them all immensely, even if the Oscar ballot didn't go my way. I will say, Tyler, you didn't do that bad, though. You were you were in the top section. Like, you weren't in the top. Better than me. Yeah, you weren't in the top three, but you did better than Taylor. So there you go. That's the bar. <laughs> um, I wanted to push back slightly on your uh, comparison of I, Tanya to Green Book. While both ad- adapt historical events into entertainment, often, obviously, changing some of the reality to fiction in the process, the results and potential intentions are quite different, in my humble opinion. So t- Tyler sort of explains his comments in here, but then he writes a little thing at the end for on air. So to provide a shorter and more on air friendly summary of my ramblings, I, Tanya is a movie about the malleability of the truth and the distorted lens that we use when looking at history, uh, be it personal history or shared. Green Book is a distorted lens through which we see manhandled tourniquet truth. Um, that's all from me. Thank you for your hard work, good humor, and lovely discourse. As a little bit of a he wants to he wants to rebuff a little bit of another viewer's <laughs> comments he says taylor don't go anywhere you the bomb oh thanks so that's from tyler um so first of all uh tyler like i'll say i totally agree with what you're saying about itania it's I, like rushamon 
Hmm? It's like Rashomon, the Japanese movie, where the story is told. It's the same story, but each character. Told through different. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. kind of like Aitanya. Yeah, and I, but what it was, so this is what I'll say. I agree that I think Aitanya structurally is very different than Green Book. And in terms of the controversy and, and intention around Green Book, that is very different. What I will say is there is, n- I don't think there's any other side to that movie other than the fact that it presents her as a victim. That's that's kind of my point. It right. presents Tanya Harding as a victim very clearly in the movie. How many people came out of Itanya saying, "You know who I think is a victim here?" The that, husband, the husband, played by <laughs> Sebastian Stan. Like, very he, well, by the way. That oh yeah, great, he did great performance. Job. No, and and same with um um, I can't remember the name of the actress now who plays the mother. Tony uh, Arc. No, what's no. her name? We know from from the mom show and stuff. She's really good. Anyway, she was great, but I Allison forget her name. Janney. Okay, thank you, Allison Janney, um, who who plays the mom. I don't think many people come out of Itania saying, "Oh, the mom and the the husband." I can kind of see their point of view. It's very clear that they they are the antagonist to her being the, no sorry she's no she's the yes, protagonist she's the protagonist she's the they're the antagonist she's the hero of her story you don't give a character a passionate speech where you zoom in on the character and she's crying and everyone's like oh i feel such sympathy for her you don't do that in a movie if you're not trying to show sympathy so my point in comparison in a comparison between green book and Itania was more, they're both showing things from a distorted perspective. I agree there's way more lenses there and thing, layers to peel black, back in Green Book. But I still think it's interesting that in the sports community, there is no like question that she's guilty. Yet this movie presented it in a complete opposite way. Yeah. So that was kind of the point that I brought up. Um, but I really do agree with a lot of the points in in. Tyler's email, and I will email you back, Tyler, as well, um, which longer sort of explains his thoughts on it. And I really do agree. I think the movie from the beginning of Itania is like, here's a bunch of people's different perspectives of the same thing and how we can misremember and distort mm-hmm. things. So it is very interesting. Um, but again, I still think at the by the end result of the movie, it, it does similar things for me. Yeah. Any thoughts on your end? Um, I think like I like that he the description of I Tanya being like varied truths because the truth that we're told in mainstream media is that um, Nancy Kerrigan that's her last name right yeah. Kerrigan Nancy Kerrigan is the victim whereas um, the film I Tanya kind of gave Tanya her chance to kind of tell her story or at the very least we could explore kind of her truth mm-hmm. so in that way you see um these varying levels of truth in the sense that like our mainstream understanding of the crime is different mm-hmm. i'm not explaining my thoughts anyway no i get what, what you're saying say is i agree with tyler no i, I totally um, get what you're saying and yeah green book was just from the start was a, a faulty representation of history and if you watch green book it's told from a perspective that a lot of people have more of an issue with as well you yeah. begin and end that movie with tony and i think that a lot of the crit- criticisms i've read about it is that wouldn't this have been a more powerful story and should have been told from the perspective of of dr shirley which i i mean i understand that and i get that as well um but again it's it's so hard with history to know what is true and what isn't we try to judge things best we can based upon the evidence that we're given i mean we can keep talking about green book and we're probably going to hopefully the discussion will peter out. I don't. We talked about it earlier. I don't think Green Book's going to be a movie that we think about like no. six months a year no, from I now. No, I don't agree. Yeah, um, I don't think so. Either. I think what 
it just what keeps sitting with me most is that it is wildly popular. Can I just say, though, I am really happy that Tyler wrote in for a couple reasons. One, I like to have discourse on the show. And two, I really like that we're engaging with this instead of the Barbie movie like we kept talking about every week. Like First it was A Star is Born, and then every week we're talking about the Barbie movie, and then we had to cast the Barbie movie. And now we're going into some like, we'll get interesting... we'll to the Barbie movie. Oh, I'm sure movie. someone will be like, Barbie... Because like, we had people disagree with our, our casting of Ken. They've, you know, so I thought great. it was perfect, but apparently not. Anyways, Tyler has given us some beautiful film yeah. analysis, but let's hope that Green Book is put to... To rest soon. <laughs> yeah, and thank you for your comments, Tyler. And I do. You did say have a little P.S. at the end that on a previous episode that I had wondered what your rankings were for Star Trek films because you, you took a little exception to me saying Star Trek: First Contact is the second best Star Trek movie. So Tyler actually gave his his in order what he feels is Star Trek movies and asked me to give mine. Uh, Taylor, we assumed you're not. Can't Star- weigh in. Yeah, you're not Sorry. a Star Trek fan. So, um, so uh, Tyler's order is one, Undiscovered Country, two, Wrath of Khan, three, Search for Spock, four, Star Trek 20, two, uh, 2009, five, Voyage Home, six, First Contact, seven, Star Trek Beyond, eight, The Motion Picture, nine, Nemesis, 10, Generations, 11, Insurrection, 12, The Final Frontier, and 13, Star Trek Into Darkness. I really appreciate that he put Undiscovered Country number one, because it is a vastly underappreciated Star Trek film, so I'm really glad he ranked it high. I don't agree with his Star Trek Into Darkness being last, but I do have a list. Share it. <laughs> do you, are you completely confused and lost? It means the... <laughs> nothing to me, but I'm sure there's other listeners yeah. who love their Star Trek. Yeah, Star Trek is, you It's know, a popular, it's, it's a up popular there with thing. Star Wars. Absolutely, and you can love both equally. Um, so my my th- 13 films, my order, uh, mainly this is for Tyler and anyone else who cares. Um, for me, number one is Wrath of Khan. Number two is First Contact. Number three is Search for Spock. Four, Undiscovered Country. Five, Star Trek 2009. Six, Voyage Home. Seven, Generations. Eight, Star Trek Beyond. Nine, Star Trek Into Darkness. Ten, Insurrection. 11, Nemesis, 12, The Motion Picture, and 13, The Final Frontier. So I do want to explain two things. One, I think The Motion Picture is one of the slowest Star Trek movies. I really like it because I'm a huge fan of it, but I understand why a lot of people don't. And, you know, I like all the Star Trek movies, so putting it near the bottom so, is not... But a, in terms of quality... Yeah, in terms of, like, quality, I put it near the bottom was their first attempt. They really improved things from there. The Final Frontier is the weirdest thing ever. Um, the Final Frontier is about them discovering God at the ends of, of the... It's the Final Frontier. <laughs> it's the Final Frontier. And I've, I've brought a clip that I will now um, forcibly play, even though we don't have time, but it, you know, I can do what I want. Then I shall make use of this starship. It will be your chariot! Excuse me. It will carry my power to every corner of creation. Excuse me, I'd just like to ask a question. What does God need with a starship? Bring the ship closer. I said, what does God need with a starship? Not a great plan. So, so yeah, at one point in time, the, the, like, this alien who, I'm just going to spoil it, nobody cares. This alien who's like impersonating, quote unquote, God, 
is stuck in this part of the galaxy and needs a starship to leave. And that's when oh. Captain Kirk figures out that somehow what, it takes I'm him like, this long. Whoa, that's kind of, you're yeah. being really rude to God. Yeah. What does God need a starship for? Well, one but of, it's not God. One of the crew members stops him in that clip and is like, what are you doing? But it, again, he, he goes, wait a minute. If you're actually a divine being... Why, do, Why you... do you need a starship? And that's like the big He's moment, like, I'll so. take my power to yeah. all <laughs> so, the corners of the so galaxy. So there you go. That's, there's a little uh, uh, Star Trek moment for you on behalf of, of Tyler Knight. Tyler, I'm officially inviting you on the show to do a Star Trek episode um, whenever Taylor can't make it again, which <laughs> <laughs> will happen, obviously. Um, so I'm officially inviting you to join me April on the 9th. show. April 9th. I can't. I'm going to be gone April 9th. April 9th? Okay. Tyler, let us know. Can you come April 9th? We can Pencil even pre-record the episode, and we'll do a Star Trek episode. Moving on um, to the next question from, we believe the name is Ashley, but there's some disagreement as to whether or not it is. Um, are there any major gaps in your film viewing? People are shocked when I tell them I haven't seen Saving Private Ryan in Chicago. I saw Saving Private Ryan, Ryan in a grade, grade 10 history class. My history teacher was very bad, and... I feel like we watched, he like used movies to teach us um, historical moments, but then like didn't unpack the movies. Like Forrest Gump was our 20th century, like everything we need to know about the 20th century, we learned from Forrest Gump. Wow. Also the only class where I ever got a detention. So um, yeah, I think that explains a <laughs> lot. Did you get a, a detention for arguing film-wise with your teacher? I got a detention for what he considered mouthing off. Oh, I see. So... I, I wouldn't. I don't have a problem with authority. I just have a problem with idiots. So, <laughs> my one and only detention, grade ten history class, um, and Chicago. That's a good one, but I wouldn't say both those movies. Actually, it's fine that you've missed them. Yeah, I wouldn't say those are, are gaping gaps, but like mine would be um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I've never, never seen Ferris Bueller. Yeah, and that's everyone's reaction. What that's do you mean? weird. Never seen. And I just saw. You're Forrest. a child of the '80s. I just. Well, no, I was born in '87. That's fair. Not, fair. I was like two and three in the '80s. That's How not really a child of the you '80s. Were a I have a hard time remembering what happened to me like a year ago. Fair I, enough. Let alone the '80s. Fair enough. Um, but I just saw Forrest Gump for the first time last year, and oh. that was a gap. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I would say Ferris Bueller's Day Off is oh also i have um, i'm gonna my there's a friend of mine who wants to come on this show so i'm gonna let him tell the story on this show but there was a funny incident between him and i when i first he introduced me to pulp fiction and i hadn't mm. seen it and this was only a couple years ago and i'll let him tell the story when i invite him on the show um but yeah for me i would say ferris bueller's day off is like a gaping gap that everyone's surprised at anyone who has a gap in tarantino i say just keep that gap you don't need to fill the tarantino gap what tarantino has his <laughs> he has okay. his moments, what, do you have but... any films that you would say is like a big gap that people react weird when you haven't seen in terms of like film history my gap is french new wave and I purposely skipped those in film history class. I just did not go. So in terms of like, you know, to have a well-rounded film history understanding, I uh, French New Wave and even like film noir, mm. those are like kind of my historical gaps. I've never seen um, like Mission Impossible, like that franchise. I've never seen like, what's the one people say is a Christmas movie? Oh, Die Hard? Yeah, I've never seen the Die Hard movies. Oh. Never seen Star Wars. Okay. I mean, Star Wars to me is a, is a big gap because it has huge film history significance. Right. Um, Die Hard, like the first one's a classic. 
But I, I feel like people like talk about Die Hard. Yes, like yeah. it's like it comes up a lot. And like even like pop culture, like mm-hmm. television will mm-hmm. reference Die Hard. I've never seen that. Yeah, I feel like people talk yeah. about the Mission Impossible movies a lot. But I would say culturally, people reference Star Wars and Die Hard way more than Mission yeah. Impossible. But, but the Mission Impossible movies are pretty good. So those are like I've given you my like historical academic answer, and then also just like pop culture. There you go. Um, (laughs) Lily has our next question. She asks, uh, with International Women's Day, do either of you have any favorite female directors, actresses, or anyone working in the biz for a (laughs) shout-out? I have one that I think is like an up a a director who's been around for a bit but is really up and coming now because of Wonder Woman, like Patty Jenkins, who directed Wonder Woman. Is she the one who's affiliated with Queens? Isn't there a... female director that's affiliated with Queens who worked on Breaking Bad and now is making a splash in Hollywood. I don't think it's Patty Jenkins. Okay. I don't know. But... Does any of that ring a bell to you, though? No, but I mean, when Matt Salton was here and we did the Oscars thing, he was telling us about why Glenn Close came to Queens. She got an honorary right. doctorate, but I don't remember a director. Okay, well, I'm going to have to look into that more. But okay. anyways, yeah. so... Patty so Patty Jenkins, Jenkins, because I just... I mean, because Wonder Woman really two-thirds of which were really, really good, and then the other part of it was fine. I think that there's a lot of potential to her work, and I want to see what she's doing. And the fact that she got attached to this Barbie movie with Margot Robbie is, <laughs> I do, again, I don't get it, but okay. Um, You know, I'm a really bad uh, feminist movie watcher. I, I don't know female directors, like their body of work, which I think it's... A, it's one, like, statistics. Like, we don't have a lot to yeah, choose from. Yeah. Um, so, and I also don't, like, have a ton of favorite directors anyways. Female or female actresses that I really enjoy would be Margot Robbie. I think she's one of the best actresses that are, is currently working. Um, who did I used to want? I wanted Carrie Mulligan. If, if my life was ever made into a movie, I would want Carrie Mulligan to play me. Which is, like... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so she's one of my favorite actresses. Carrie Mulligan, Margot Robbie, um, uh, Vivian Lee, like, which is an old Hollywood actress mm-hmm. that I mm-hmm. love. Um, but yeah, those are kind of my answers. I'm, I'm really bad. I'm a bad feminist. Like, all my favorite musicians are male. <laughs> <laughs> I think more favorite actors than favorite yeah. actresses yeah i mean that's again that's that's fine but i i agree i think it's just the change that's happening now in the film industry which is a good one is we're going to start seeing and hearing more female yeah, names, there's not a lot of representation no, right no and so. it's getting better and it there has a long way to go but i'm you know it's good that it's improving yeah um, Carly says, I really enjoyed your episode on streaming. I got so many new movies and series added to my list because of you two. I'm wondering if you have any guilty pleasure picks, movies or series that you would say are your guilty pleasures on Netflix. Thank you, too. Kimmy Schmidt used to be my guilty. No, I don't even know. Kimmy Schmidt, I have a very complicated relationship with Kimmy Schmidt it started off really great Mm -hmm. and then got really bad Mm -hmm. and I feel like guilty watching new episodes but I feel like I have to finish the series yeah Yeah. like I need to get it done yeah um but I don't know like I'm one of those lame people who don't think any of my pleasures are guilty like I like what I like and I don't have Mm -hmm. any Mm -hmm. like um hang-ups about liking that stuff so I don't really have any Guilty pleasures. I also feel like my viewing habits are, like, fairly normal. (laughs) Um, My, like, guilty, guilty pleasure, we talked about it off air, is watching um, 
the the old unsolved mysteries mm. on Amazon Prime, not on Netflix. Although Netflix is um, going to make a new series with the original producer. That's so it'll be interesting to see who will have the rights to the old episodes. But anyways, the one with like Robert, I think his name's Robert Stax is the host. It's from the 80s and 90s. I watch that while I eat dinner. That would probably be like the closest thing I have to a yeah. guilty pleasure. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I know yours. Yeah, mine's con- mine's really complicated because I don't really like it, but I just sometimes I just put it on in the background while I'm working, and I also have to just watch it. So Fuller House <laughs> on Netflix. <laughs> so it's the like it's like sequel series to Full House, which I watched as a kid. Yeah, most people did. Yeah, and it's so bad, but I don't know what pull it has on me. But it has to pull on a lot of people because it got put renewed. It on. Yeah, I'll just put it on. And sometimes pay attention. And sometimes I'm like doing work and I like right. to have something on in the background just for background noise. And yet I just, I have to keep going. I have to keep going with it. I don't know what there it is. Go. It's, it's, it would, I, to me, that's my only real guilty pleasure because I do have, like, I really, I don't have as much time as it may seem I do <laughs> to watch TV series and to, to watch movies. So, I am a little particular, and I try to, like, watch the things that I really need to. But I would yeah. say that's the one where if I have work to do at home, like if I'm doing editing or I'm doing work for one of my jobs, I can do a lot of that from home. I'll put that something like that on the background. Fuller house. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that question. So Matthew has the next question, uh, who's following up on the story he told us last week of his girlfriend uh, cheating on him and and having it that's have some sort of connection to Amanda Bynes and not being able to watch Amanda Bynes movies anymore. So he has responded and said, yes, it was during an Amanda Bynes movie. I don't want to say more, which you, of course, don't have to. I'm just going to fill in the juicy details in my mind. Because that was our question to Matthew last week is because he said he well, he said during and I like you mean actually during and I guess it was <laughs> like actually the movie during. was playing. Yeah. So my mind is going off in many different directions and we were both you know very sympathetic um but he says but with that in mind uh yes it was a very long time ago and i really do appreciate your answers you both made me smile last week and honestly hearing both of you laugh about it made me feel a lot better so thank you for that well glad we could help we're glad we can help and we hope that you're you're doing well so he continues with a question he says for me movies haven't really been a big part of my life but i would imagine it's a big part of yours (laughs) is there a movie or tv series that is the line in the sand so to speak for either of you for me i always find that i can't date anyone who doesn't at least appreciate the crow yes my, matthew what is it with you and the crow <laughs> my current girlfriend had no idea what that movie was but Dumper. at least she did try it <laughs> see he said at least she did try it anything like that for either of you even when it comes to friendships and not just relationships thank you both again much love matthew well thank you matthew for for Thanks. saying that and we're glad that you're doing well um and, and have a new girlfriend who yeah, obviously girlfriend is treating you much better who watched the crow for you she's a winner that's she's a great keeper. absolutely um yeah so do you have anything that's like your th- this is this is it My for ride me like or die. yeah like you have to like this or we no. can't be together yeah no for me um yes movies are a huge part of my life but they're also in a lot of ways like a private hobby like i like mo- watching movies with with my friends and mm-hmm. family but i also um, it's like an intensely personal hobby where I'm more than happy to watch movies mm-hmm. on my own and um, engage with films kind of as like a singular passion. So um, 
there's never been like I've never had a partner or a friend who's like, oh, I don't like that movie. And I was like, oh, well, then we can't be together. Yeah, that's I don't know, because then I would just watch it privately like on my own time yeah like for me i I feel i kind of feel the same way except for me movies are actually social time like which like you know when i saw captain marvel i brought like 12 Mm -hmm. friends with me and we made a big deal of it and to me that elevates the movie going experience but if i was yeah like seeing someone or in a relationship someone i don't think i can think of a movie where i'm like if you don't like this we're done uh, we're done but i do think tastes and movies are something that you have to like compromise yeah compromise and and put in an effort with as so long as uh, you know people who are friends with me or or if i'm getting to know someone like they put in an effort with some of those things that's okay i think if i think i couldn't really see myself with someone if they they hate movies like that would be that would be tough but i also agree that for me it's just it's an entertainment thing and it's an interest i have but i also really love hockey watching hockey and sports like if if they didn't do that i wouldn't you know that wouldn't necessarily yeah, no hobbies me. aren't a make or break it for me N- yeah I do. no there's lots of other things there's other interests that you can share that it yeah. i don't think it matters as much if that one doesn't connect like with my boyfriend now what we do is we'll have taylor nights and dan nights mm-hmm. where like dan will pick a pick movie okay, and we'll watch great. it together yeah, and yeah. then like i'll pick a movie and you know if taylor's had three movies in a row it's time for dan and so that way we both get to watch the type of movies we yeah. like and you know sometimes there's overlap sometimes we hate the movies we've picked yeah. for each other but, but i'm sure like dan and you put in an effort to watch it and even yeah. if you don't like it at the end you can talk about yeah. it and that probably doesn't put a rift between you just because you didn't like something yeah. like i think it's yeah. yeah yeah but i definitely again i get like some people have those things where the movies mean a lot so maybe for matthew the crow means i mean you love the crow i love the crow so i don't know if dan has ever watched the crow with me that might be the next taylor Ooh, pick that'll be that'll be it <laughs> Matthew will let you know how that goes. Um, Erica has our final question. Um, and Erica is, of course... My not, number one fan. Yeah, your number one fan. She seems to be coming around to you, though. Uh, she says she does love puns. I don't know what that's in reference Because to. last week I said no to your puns. And you went, I love puns. I only had one pun. It was funny. It's going to haunt you <laughs> for the I rest so of the show. I was so tired. I apologize. I <laughs> well, anyways, have. Erica yeah. loved them. Um, I think the best part of the show is when you two show your personality more and talk about you outside the movies. You should consider always starting the show with a quick personal life update. We t- <laughs> it comes out naturally. We just talked about our personal lives for a few yeah. minutes there. And I don't know. It- We're not that interesting. We're not. You would be <laughs> bored by our lives. <laughs> I can tell you I've submitted my manuscript draft for, for my dissertation. There that's you go. the most exciting thing There's that's happened update. to um, me lately. For me, I registered for my summer um, sports leagues that I'm in. I'm, I'm in a floor hockey league and a uh, flag football league. So I registered for that. So in addition to my squash that I play every week. I've got that as well. There you go. So that's that's my life update. These are that's it. <laughs> that's See, it. This that's is the, literally these it. These are the juicy details <laughs> you're missing out on. Um, so she says, back to a movie question. I really liked your streaming episode. Name five things sitting in your Netflix list that has been there for a long time. Go. We both have more than five things. Oh my god. We're really busy and we can't watch <laughs> yeah. everything. I wish I had time. Okay, here's mine very quickly. World War II in color, Stranger Things, and Mascots are my TV series. They've just been sitting there for over a year. My my um, movies are Last Action Hero, which I have seen, but I wanted to rewatch it. Sing, Annihilation, Velvet Buzzsaw, Julie and Julia, and Is that Brad's the cooking one? Yeah, I don't know why it's even on my <laughs> list, but I thought I'd read it. And Brad's status. 
So those movies I haven't seen and I've been meaning to and they've been sitting there for over a year. I just haven't got to them. This isn't even like a comprehensive list. This is just like probably the most notable slash may interest people. So I have eighth grade Velvet Buzzsaw, the um, true crime documentary Keepers that everyone was talking about last oh, yes, year yeah. about the nun. Um, about the nun. <laughs> Nocturnal Animals, Hunt for the Wilder People, Ingrid Goes West, A Ghost Story, Disobedience, Big Eyes, The Founder, Dancer, which is a documentary about a Russian male ballerina. St. Vincent, which is, has been in my list so long, I don't even know what it is. It's a movie, but I don't, couldn't tell you who's starring or what. Creep 2, don't know if there's a Creep 1, but Creep 2 is in my to-see list. And I think the reason why we, we couldn't just stick to five, Erica, is because we, again, as I mentioned, we're both busy people. Yeah. We have other things to do. As much as it sounds like all we do is watch movies, we do other things, <laughs> and it's hard to get to everything. It's sometimes actually kind of stressful how much is. there is to try to catch up on. Um, but thank you for the question. I will quickly say Ingrid Goes West is amazing. Is it? Yes. My best friend Incredible. recommended it to me. It's an incredible movie. Um, once again, if you want to submit a question and get on the show and have us talk about it, all you have to do is email us at screeningandkingston at gmail.com. That's screeningandkingston at gmail.com. Or just find us on social media. We have Facebook. We have Instagram. We have Twitter. You can follow our hashtag screeningandygk. Or just find us on there and send us a message. Please write in for next week because it's going to be a not packed should be episode. a mailbag episode yeah we should just do a mailbag next week that would be easier okay we've got some movies to review yes i just hit my microphone i bounced mine too it's been a day <laughs> I, yeah i know i'm i don't know bumping around um, okay where do we want to start um i can do arctic first because it's not a very long review let's go arctic so um i wanted to see arctic because i'm a fanable uh, which, if people don't know, those are people who are addicted to the television show Hannibal. So we and you changed last minute. You were going to see Stan and Ollie, so we both would talk about the same movie, and you changed your mind because I found out last minute Arctic was coming out, and as a fanboy, it was my duty to yeah. see this Mad Smickelson movie, yeah. who of course plays Hannibal on the television show mm -hmm. Hannibal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and shout out to my fellow fanables. Manhunter will be at the screening room next Thursday, which is kind of the first film adaptation of the Hannibal source material. So look forward to my review of that next week. Anyways, so last minute, I'm like, got to go see Mr. Mickelson. He is so beautiful. So I even told my boyfriend, I'm like, well, we got to go see the Arctic. And he's like, why? And I'm like, well, the lead's so handsome. So that's probably the best part. And, and he was on board? He, he just, like he, he like rolled his eyes yeah, and, and was like, "There you go, see, that's, that's love, guys." Works. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it's like it's for people who aren't familiar with the movie. It is a survival film set in the Arctic. So, essentially, I'm not giving anything away, but the film opens with Mads Mikkelsen um, kind of uh, living in the Arctic. Um, his plane has crashed. We don't know how. We're never told. But he's essentially like trying to survive. Um, and the movie is about him surviving in the Arctic. So for very minimal dialogue, at some point he does come in contact with another person. Um, but even the dialogue, once another person is introduced, is very, very minimal. So it's definitely, I couldn't even say that it's like a character driven film because mm. like it's just purely him like sloshing through the Arctic trying to survive and like anything that could go wrong essentially goes wrong. So, like, 
for some people they enjoy that genre of film it's not my typical film genre my boyfriend also didn't really enjoy it because we felt like it was just like loading on like the dra- not drama but you know what i mean like mishap we're like okay right. like give there's this guy too, a break there's almost too like, much where even in in terms of just luck you would get yeah. something good at one point like time. it was yeah. a very frustrating film going yeah. experience which is like you know that's a survival film but like you also kind of want like it's supposed to be like a te- normally when you watch survival films you're like oh it's a testament to the human character but instead this was like oh my gosh this poor guy like let's just get him a blanket like ugh so anyways um <laughs> If you like survival movies, you may like this movie. But if you're not into the genre, I'd say skip it. Um, Mads Mikkelsen is the highlight of the film. Mm. To me, he's one of the best working actors that we have currently. Now, is that now what I'm going to ask you, like, honest question. Is this your love of him getting in the way or was he actually very good? Like, let's try to, you know, you got to remove those layers sometimes. I think he was very good. So my boyfriend goes, how can he be the best actor? He didn't say anything. But well, that's. Acting is more yeah, than words, right? So absolutely. the fact that he was able to convey, like, you know, frustration, um, um, like, hope. Um, I don't know. Like, I felt like I, I saw, like, a full spectrum of human emotions, like, just written on his face. Mm, yeah, yeah. He's a very physical actor as absolutely. well. Like, he, like, really gets into doing the stunts and stuff. And, like, so I don't know. Like, I feel like he gave a really good performance. Um, but honestly, that's about it. It's yeah. only, it comes in... Like an hour and forty minutes, it felt long. Like I'm like, okay, let's wrap it up. Let's. Wow. Okay. Let's. <laughs> so you're saying then? So you're you're giving it a skip it, or is that just if you're not a fan of the genre? I don't know enough about survival films to see if this mm-hmm. this movie's getting very good reviews, okay. and I've seen some reviews say that like this is like um a good example of the genre. So like, I haven't seen enough to know whether or not you know, this fits well into the genre. Um, so personally, it's a skip it for me. Okay. It's a skip it. There you go. Unless you want to see what the Arctic looks like, but it's just a lot of snow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, looks- some people like that though. <laughs> um, okay. There you go. It's Arctic. Yeah. Um, okay. So I guess I'll start with, with Stan and Ollie, uh, cause it's also at the screening room. Um, Stan and Ollie is, is essentially about, um, two comedians who this is right before Abbott and Costello movies started would to you say happen. this is a biopic similar yeah I mean it's it's more again I don't know I don't know this day and age how much of it is true and how much of it isn't but right. yes it is a biopic it is based on two real uh, Laurel and um, Hardy who were two actual comedians who did a very very similar type of comedy to Abbott and Costello which are movies I saw a lot as a kid um, very slapstick comedy very situational comedy um, it you know it it really follows those two characters mm-hmm. um, Steve Coogan and John C. Riley play them um, and and really you're with them the most and the two of them do fantastic like their performances as these characters are amazing they do a really good job of keeping you interested it's the movie itself is funny the comedy what's most interesting is the comedy bits they do which you see bits of it you see bits of their movies you see them they're basically in the movie this isn't a spoiler they're basically touring in um England, I think. Yeah, I think they're in England. It's their last tour. Yeah, it's like their last tour because they're trying to get another Hollywood movie made. 
basically is the story and they're doing this tour to prove there's still audiences for them and you get to see a lot of their onstage comedy you get to see snip snippets from films and some of their career but the type of comedy they do transcends into the movie so you also get them doing bits and little things outside of it that make it quite funny um i would like describe this movie absolutely as just like a cute fun movie and something to go to it isn't going to change the world of comedy forever it has two very good performances in the middle of it and then some other acting performances that are not good including one of the worst acting performances i've ever seen who was it i don't know the name of, of the actor but she plays um john c Riley's wife and just some of the line reads are just laughable uh, that that she says but forgetting that for a second i think you'll have a really good time if you go see this movie, if you enjoy that type of comedy, if you enjoy biopics, it's it's really short and tight. It's only 90 minutes long. Um, it was a lot of fun. Uh, certainly the audience was like engaged and, and laughing in there. So I think that overall, it's a really good movie. There's just a few things that happen in it. You know, like we talked about, when you come outside of Mary Queen of Scots and some of these other movies that didn't get nominated for mm-hmm. anything, you come out of it going, oh, and now I kind of get why. I came out of this movie feeling, oh, that was that was fun. That was like a cute movie, but that's really it. There's right. there's so many odd things within it um, that I understand why like it was overall yeah. it wasn't. Yeah. But John C. Riley did get nominated for Golden Globe, yeah, a Golden Globe for which his performance. well deserved. I think the t- the two of them and the dynamic they give together and the way they work off of each other is the best part of the movie. And you do spend the majority of the movie with just the two of them, um, coming up with little comedy bits, things they want to add to the show, talking about this movie they want to create. It's really funny. There's like there's one joke in there about the Robin Hood movie that made me laugh. But no one else in the audience really did. But I was pretty quiet, though. It was like a yeah, but I laugh. but I laughed after for a while. Like I missed the next couple of jokes because I I wasn't hundred percent. And I'm trying to remember the exact wording because I want to bring it up. But it's basically coming up with this Robin Hood movie, and they give a back and forth where they're talking about you know instead of. Uh, stealing from the rich and giving to the poor we're suggesting to Robin Hood you steal from the poor and give to the poor and cut out the middleman. <laughs> and I thought that was so funny just that concept but that's the type of humor that's in here yeah. it's very um, almost vaudeville very stage well, I think like they were big but in the 20s and 30s right? just after Chaplin and just before Abbott Costello yeah, so like yeah. 30s 30s yeah, yeah. Yeah. So all in all, I'm going to give it a see it. I think I think if you enjoy comedy and you like biopics, you will enjoy this movie. I do. I would say going into it, it's not it's not the best movie of all time, but I still think it deserves a Sunday afternoon. It's an absolute great Sunday movie. It's it's a lot of fun. And I think you'll enjoy it. Bring people with you because laughter is infectious. And the the more you get around you, the the better it it Mm -hmm. is. So, yeah, I really enjoyed the movie overall. Great. Captain Marvel. Me You've again. Been, oh, yeah. I got to keep talking. You have been biting at the bit. Oh, I've been waiting week. to talk about Captain Marvel. There's just so much to say because this is a movie that's getting a lot of positive buzz. Uh-huh. A lot. And I don't think it's totally deserved. You know, I have no yes, framework you have, reference. You the only reference. thing I really can talk about is there's a still of her in, like, a the cockpit of a fighter plane. I think she's doing, like, the Honolulu, like, the... 
you know, like the radical sign. Yeah, yeah. Hand. I'm like, that looks pretty sweet. Like oh, that's yeah. still alone makes me want to see the um, movie. This is what I will. This is what I'll say. If you are not a comic book fan and you don't see a lot of the Marvel movies, you can jump right into this one. It's a standalone. F- absolutely. It's a fun action adventure movie. I overall enjoyed the movie overall, but that's because I really enjoyed it on that level of the action adventure right. quality to it. As a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, however... It's a dud. Yes. It's in the middle for me. It's right in the middle. It's not as bad as some of the flops, but it's really middle ground because they did so many things in here that made no sense. Mm. They did so many things that were a little dumb. And there's so many things I can't talk about because we said it would be spoiler-free and there's going to be no spoilers in this <laughs> and review. And this is a big movie. Like People are going to be seeing it. But there's one thing that they do that is just one of the dumbest things you could ever ever put into a film that has been building a universe and developing a character you know it's like those things we always talk about you we talked on the show before where you introduce a character in one movie and all the prequels about how that character got his jacket right it's like one of those moments you find out something about a character that's somewhat important done in a way that i didn't like um i think this movie has a lot of problems in the writing of it but I think the two directors, it was co-directed, did a fan- phenomenal job working with what they had. With, two directors, yeah. Eh? Well, a lot of the those bigger movies do that now, just because oh, there's okay. so much action to pack in that they, Got it. You know, it's hard for one person. Um, Joss Whedon famously was broken after the second Avengers movie because of how how tough it was. So they've been dueling up directors oh, okay. quite a bit. Um, what I will say about Captain Marvel is I think it absolutely, in the best way possible, as eloquent as a symphony plays with the feminism quality of it in an amazing way it 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 didn't feel gimmicky not in the least bit which was my biggest fear going into it because some the the big sort of producer behind these movies said this is this is a feminist movie Mm. but it didn't it it wasn't really i mean i mean it was but you come out of it but it wasn't like preachy like no and and it and it treated the character with such grace and such strength behind it that you can't you, first of all you can't help but but love the character but also i think they did such a good job of showing those things you look for in in a feminist movie but again not being preachy whatsoever and not just forcibly shoving it in your face for no reason which i find like the tv show supergirl did where it was just a ridiculous television show i'm a girl and i'm gonna save the world precisely (laughs) whereas this movie is about this is a very strong person and she's a girl and that's i think that's a really powerful message and i would be proud to if I ever have children to to right. bring my daughter to this because this would be the type She's of thing a positive where female absolutely role model. and and done in a way where it was very strong. All the characters that they developed in this were well thought out and well, I have something to say about the character near the end, but were well thought out. Where a lot of effort were put into, they didn't want to leave anything to surface. They wanted to show you the depth that these characters could have, and I thought they did a great job with that. Two questions: Yeah, is Captain Marvel a girl in the comics? Or have they gender swapped her? Yes, but like most comics, they've gone through large iterations. But yes, Captain Marvel has been around for a long time as a female. Predominantly female. Yes. And what is Captain Marvel's superpower? Uh, It's 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 difficult, and even the movie struggled with telling us what her superpowers she basically she can fly she has the ability to use an energy that lives within her to do several things so she can 
that she calls them proton blasts. She can basically shoot out of her hands. She can use that to fly. Um, she's pretty much immune to most things, like certainly gunfire and other things aren't going to affect her. It's, it's similar to a Superman type yeah. character where there aren't really many discernible weaknesses. Um, what the movie failed to do, I think, which Wonder Woman did a lot better, was Wonder Woman rep gave us a character where we saw weakness, we saw growth, and we saw an inner strength come into Wonder Woman at the end. Captain Marvel, and this is not a spoiler, even though I'm going to talk about the end of the movie, but this is not a spoiler. Captain Marvel gave us a character who was strong and could do anything at the beginning of the movie to a character who is strong and can do anything at the end of the movie. <laughs> well, it sounds like... She has no discernible weaknesses. She's like built into the character, right? Yes. Like as yes, but, based on canon. But even based on canon, there are other things. Like they, giving giving us a, a character that is all powerful has its struggles in it because where can you go from here? Yeah. With how that? do you give a nuance? It's well, it, they do with Superman, right? Yes. Well, because he has a very clear weakness that people can exploit, and they give nuances. Kryptonite. But again, I, I guess that's kind of my point. I'm interested to see where they go with Captain Marvel next and what they do to develop her because I didn't see a lot of nuance. Like other than, other than the fact that she was very quirky, I can't tell you a personality characteristic she has. And obviously, like all the Marvel movies, she's going to have her own franchise. Exactly, and that's that's where I the key point here is: if you are a fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, there's still lots of good things you're going to get out of this movie. It's a little more middle ground for me, but I know that this character is not about one movie. It's yeah. about showing growth over time. So even though I'm saying there are some flaws with her, overall, I liked how they introduced her as a character. And I liked this introduction. And it made me go, I'm intrigued. Right. I'm ready to go into the next thing. I want to see what's next for Captain Marvel. I just don't hail it the, the movie that everyone else, other critics seem to be hailing it as. I think it's a lot of fun. I think there's a lot of great things in it. I think Wonder Woman still did it a little bit better in terms of this strong female character that you can look at and idolize. I think they did it a little bit better there. But with that being said, there's still a lot you can get out of Captain Marvel. I'm going to give it a see it with a little asterisk of if you wait to stream it, that wouldn't hurt either. Um, but I would give it a see it overall. You may want to see it, though, just because everyone's been talking about it. It's one of those yeah. movies where, like, if it's going to be... Spoiled. And, like, if you want to be part of the pop culture conversation and yeah, know the gifts yeah, and the memes, yeah, yeah. it's, like, the movie right now. And I will say, if you're not a superhero fan, you're, I, th I think you'll enjoy this movie. Okay. And like, to anyone who's not a superhero fan, I think this is the type of movie that, that is can be very enjoyable because it's just a fun action adventure. And it has a really good story to it. I, I criticize the writing, but the story is good. It's right. just the writing and the little things they do in there. I think there's a lot of mistakes they made. But the directors does do such an amazing job with it. Um, I, I, and the actors are ph phenomenal. There's great performances all over the place. Jude Law's in this, Samuel L. Jackson, uh, Brie Larson. Brie, and she does it. Do you think she's a good lead? Uh, I think she's a great lead. Uh, jury's out for me. She's is, an Oscar if she's, winner. I know. <laughs> jury's out for me on her being Captain Marvel, though. Oh. I'm still waiting. I want to see more before I was so-so on her. If you replace her with Emily Blunt, this movie is a whole new level for me. If you replace oh, yeah. her with a bona fide action star with strong charisma and a great personality, which unfortunately Brie Larson just doesn't seem to have. I think they played her very quirky, but I, I have no sense, no sense on, on who Captain Marvel is at the end of this movie. And that again, that's the writing, number right. one. But number two, that that's the actor. And I do think if Emily Blunt was in talks to play this role at one point in time, I think it, it would be a different movie for me. Because Emily Blunt, I've seen do amazing things. Brie Larson, I've seen do one really good thing. 
and the then room. nothing else. The room. Yeah, and then everything else has been in nothing. What super fran- what superhero stuff has Emily Blunt been in? Uh nothing, but she did action adventure um Live Die Repeat. Do you know that movie? It, no. It's also called um, The Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise. Okay. Yeah, she's. It's like an action movie. She's in. That, I've yeah. seen her in like Killer Target, where she plays like. Oh, and Sicario. That's the other action movie she's in. So I guess she is yeah. doing. Yeah. 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 Or I like you know she's she's, she's funny. Yeah. She's a very good comedic. I think if actress. she was Captain Marvel, I would think differently. But I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, and I think Brie Larson did a fine job and I want to see more and, and this might be the type of thing that just grows with me over yeah. time I'm a huge Captain America fan but I was so unsure about Chris Evans to begin with and then he really grew on and me and now he is he is Captain America yeah, yeah. so maybe the same thing will happen with Brie Larson yeah. but overall I'm saying see it with a little bit of an asterisk maybe of stream maybe it. stream it whatever um, but all in all I, I liked Captain Marvel I just have some issues with it I want to talk spoilers but I can't now so that's... On it, maybe on our social media yeah maybe on their social media or maybe I'll sit alone in the studio and rant <laughs> have our, a, pod- a, a special <laughs> podcast, podcast episode by myself yeah <laughs> um, but yeah so for me see see Captain Marvel definitely go see Stan and Ollie because I really enjoyed it and we're saying you're saying skip it for skip Arctic even Arctic. if you're a fanball if you want a different movie at the screening room there's a lot of great things playing right now yeah you know but we Stan and Ollie being a good example go go see that the it, favorite's still playing the favorite's still playing so. so that's a movie I really recommend if you're a film fan you should go see yeah. for sure if you haven't the favorite but yeah I definitely why don't you tell us your box office numbers? Oh, yes. I wanted to talk about that. So this is really interesting to me that um, just to show the comparison, I've got the top three box office earners in the U.S. this weekend. So no surprise, Captain Marvel is number one with $153 million. That's number one. Number two jumps all the way down to $14 million. So it's 153 down to 14, which is How to Train Your Dragon 3. And then with 12 million in the third spot is a Medea family funeral. So that just shows you the massive gap between Captain yeah. Marvel and- People are seeing that instead of other movies. But look at these two movies. Like I brought this up for, an ex- for a reason. How to Train Your Dragon is the end of a major animation franchise, which yeah. I like. Mm-hmm. I saw the first two. I haven't seen the third one that I really enjoyed. And yeah. I'm 32. And I like those I movies. I like them too. They're really good. And then A Medea Family Funeral is this massive franchise that has its own following as well. Yeah. And look at that difference. Like, yeah, look at the t- 153 million down to 14 and 12. I'd love to um, compare that to the film budgets. That's what I find interesting. When you see, like, how much it... Well, A Medea Family Funeral is a pretty low-budget movie. Tyler Perry makes his movies for quite small budget so and i think that's the second weekend so it had an opening yeah it had a good return on it how to train your dragons a little more expensive being an animated movie so i'm not too sure where that sits captain marvel has already made its budget back that's good with with its opening so um so that's that's our box office numbers yeah i remember weeks ago someone asked us why don't you do the box office numbers yeah i can't remember who it was but there you go if you're still listening probably not because we'd never do box office numbers (laughs) i thought that was interesting um, but yeah, there you go. Those are our three movie reviews for the week. Definitely go see some movies this week. There's lots of great things going on. Uh, we do have time to yeah. go through some. To blitz it. So we're going to do Not a Great Plan. Um, I'm not going to play our intro because it's over a minute long. And we just don't have time. But for those of you who've never listened before, Not a Great Plan is our segment where we go through. Taylor has picked a bunch of news headlines that she wants us to talk about. Entertainment. Entertainment news headlines that she wants us to talk about. And uh, we have a little clip from Iron Man himself, Tony Stark, 
saying his opinion his opinion <laughs> on what those <laughs> and then we talk about it so let's hear the first headline marty noxon and jillian flynn are still trying to figure out if there's a way to bring sharp objects back not a great plan marty noxon's a pretty good producer um so this is interesting to me what what are your thoughts on this um the article made a really good point that sharp objects um, was a self-contained book. And in fact, I think the book might have even been like a novella. Like, I don't think it was a very long book. So Sharp Objects was supposed to be a limited engagement, you know, or, or yeah. like a, it was supposed to be a proper mini series. And then I was, I was reading the comments. I actually haven't seen Sharp Objects. It was an HBO mini series that got a lot of buzz when it first came out, but I'm reading the comments on AV catalog and all of them were like, there wasn't even enough content for eight episodes. How are they going to make a sequel? Was that <laughs> one of Nicole Kidman's? Um, it's Amy Adams. Amy Adams, thank you. Okay. Um, and so, so the fans even were like, it, it, not even enough eight episodes. How are they going to make it a sequel? When your and fans are saying, "Don't do yeah, this." Yeah, no, then. thank you. And surprisingly, Marty Noxon like went on record saying oh, it was a really bad idea for Handmaid's Tale to deviate from the source material. Um, but she will definitely be deviating from sharp object source material because, again, it's like a novella. Like they, the, And the series itself ended. Like It had like a natural conclusion. So um, it's not a great plan because, you know, where are they going to go for a sequel? Or, you know, it, is it even a miniseries now? Has it become a television series? So the co the article kind of said, or I think maybe the comments made the point of being like, I think this is more um, about greed and money over kind of artistic quality. Jillian Flynn, as far as I know, is the author. So, you know, if she can continue to cash in on her, her books, why not? But Yeah, I mean, it's probably one of those because of money decisions, which is becoming more and more common. But Which is unfortunate. So, I mean... We'll see me, you know, there's probably those diehard fans that can't wait for the next. There always is. Uh, sharp objects, but it seems at least in the comments that I was perusing, it's like, no, thank you. <laughs> we didn't even need the first one. No, thank you. We'll take, no, thank you. Take it back. Yeah. So there you go. Okay. Next um, headline. Jesse Smollett has now been in, uh, indicted on 16 new felony counts. Not a great plan. Well, that's kind of obvious. <laughs> I think we've been following this story, or at the very least, I think I've uh, at least once have brought up. This is the, um, he's an actor on the show Empire who um, allegedly staged his own hate crime. We talk, we've definitely talked yeah, about this. Yeah, I think this. we've definitely talked about this. So, um, yeah, so he's accused of fabricating his own hate crime against himself. And now he is being indicted on 16 felony counts. Um, he may have to serve jail time, but more likely because of the nature of the crimes, he'll be granted probation. Um, but just a wild, <laughs> wild story that we're still we're still following. Still following. I can't believe this is still going on because I think you brought this up a long time yeah. ago. Yeah. Wow. Because at the time, like when it first broke, people were treating it as like a hate crime. And then the story headlines started coming out like, hmm. Maybe this isn't what it seems. And then there was accusations against the Chicago Police Department. Mm -hmm. And then there was accusations against um, the actor himself. So um, it, it's twisty. That is. It's a weird one. <laughs> this is so weird. <laughs> Especially it's like being caught in a web of things, you know, like I can't obviously I've never been in this situation. But, you know, when you're when you're trying to solve a problem or you're trying to do something, you just get caught in this. You web make it and worse. No matter what you do, it gets worse and worse and worse. My one of my favorite 
um, facts or kind of notes from this crime, like when they make this into a miniseries, I can't wait for this. Um, he paid the his co-conspirators, allegedly, his, uh, his alleged co-conspirators with a check. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't Vimo them. He didn't wow. pay them in cash. He wrote them a check. So that, to me, is one of the best... Uh, the best details check. of this. <laughs> I'm just going to create a paper trail here. Just in case yeah, I need to write off my taxes he's later. Clearly, yeah. He's an actor and not a not crime the, boss. Uh, not the smartest tool in the no. show. No. So we'll see. We'll see. I think it, I'm interested for more updates on this. This story is coming to a close, but we'll okay. see what happens. Uh, what's the next one? It's rumor time. These might be the new members of Suicide Squad. Not a great plan. So... Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. I thought you yeah. Were sorry. Go no. Them. Sorry. Um. I guess I should have gone through them, but the headline itself was. It's not a great plan. Okay. It's not a great it's plan. Not. So, yeah. well, it's not a great plan because it's rumors, and there's this whole Suicide Squad sequel. In my opinion, is kind of doomed. Yeah. We'll okay. see what happens, but I think it's it has such a cloud of just drama around it. So we already know that Idris Elba this week, um, it was announced that he's taking over Will Smith's role as Deadshot. So Deadshot will still be in the film, but it's going to be a different actor. Okay. Um, it's unclear whether Joel Kinnaman's Rick Flag will be in the film. He didn't make a huge impact on <laughs> me when I saw it, so who cares? <laughs> no. Um, it's extremely likely that Dave Bautista is going to be in a role. Dave Bautista? Yeah, sorry. We just don't know um, what which one yet. Yeah, he, him and uh, Gunn have a friendship. Friendship. Because so. of Guardians of the Gal- yeah, Galaxy. Yeah. So now these are um, the confirmed kind of villains, or okay. I guess they're not really... Um, Villains, you know what I mean. The, yes, the, the confirmed, yeah, the characters. Yeah. So we have a rat, rat, rat catcher, aka Otis Flanagan, a former exterminator and old school Batman enemy who can literally communicate with and control an army of rodents. Not a great plan. <laughs> Um, then we also have King Shark, um, a humanoid shark whose father may or may not be Shark God. Um, which sounds very similar to the original Killer Croc that was in the first one. Not a great plan. Then we have Polka Dot Man, Abner Krill, another Batman villain who possesses the extremely weird ability to take any of the many polka dots covering his costume body and turn them into a variety of items, including weapons, fireballs, and more. Not a great plan. What? <laughs> I'm I've sorry. Never, I'm, I'm a huge superhero I've fan. I've never heard that of any ridiculous. of these. I haven't heard I've of heard any of, of these. I, I've heard of the shark guy is a okay. thing, but I've never heard of Polka Dot Dude. <laughs> well, Keep there going. you go. <laughs> Abner Krill. And then we have Peacemaker, a.k.a. Christopher Smith, a believer in extreme pacifism. He's so committed to peace, he's willing to commit extreme acts of violence in pursuit of the goal. Not a great plan. And, um... Uh, Batista, is that how he? Dave Batista. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. he's rumored to have the role of peacemaker. Okay. So these are the villains. <laughs> I just, I just, I don't. It just, it sound again. I'm a big superhero fan, and that sounds so ridiculous lame. to me. It sounds lame. And yeah, and if that and then like Harley Quinn, uh, and match that with Harley Quinn and with Deadshot, it just seems like everyone else is really lame compared yeah, to those yeah, two. I just, and I if can't. the Joker's back, also kind of lame. I hope it's not Jared Leto, but. Well, that's all the time we have for today, and we're ending on that note, which kind of sucks because that's <laughs> an awful note. Well, to that's end not a great on, plan for not you. Not a great plan. <laughs> um, thank you, everyone, for tuning in this week. Again, just a quick reminder: 
for due to a m- many, many circumstances, next week's episode is going to be a little bit lighter than this one. So please send in your fan questions uh, if you have them. Uh, and we look forward to chatting with you next week. Go see some movies.